Chapter 9 The Empty House Even after the upstairs floor fell silent, Nick still sat on the fluffy green mat in the bathroom. Normally she would have been grossed out by wallowing next to the toilet, but the whole room was so spotlessly clean she'd sooner be sitting there than on her mattress at home. Her tears had long since dried up, no point drowning in self-pity. But even with her mood slightly improved, going back out in public and possibly coming face-to-face with one of those girls was not something she looked forward to. Instead, she ran through the words of her favorite songs as quietly as possible, ignoring the occasional knock on the door. Not even when she heard Jordan calling for her did she emerge. He wasn't going to find her like this, especially not with the underwear situation. When Nix had gotten around to turning on the light, she'd discovered a large pair of discolored briefs sitting on the toilet tank. That was part of the reason she hadn't opened the door for anyone. She could just imagine herself trying to explain they weren't hers. But since most of the world seemed to have forgotten about her, Nix thought she might as well remove the offensive item so Sarah could use her bathroom again. Nix mummified both hands in toilet paper, carefully picked up the underwear, and sealed them in an empty garbage bag she found under the sink. After the seventh knot, Nix felt it was safe to take off her makeshift gloves. She washed her hands twice, brushed the cream pie crumbs off her chest, and pushed the wrappers to the bottom of the garbage can with her foot. After a quick glance in the bathroom mirror to make sure her hair was more or less in place, Nix left the bathroom, garbage bag stuffed under her arm. She knew she should find a laundry room, but she refused to be seen carrying around a bag of men's underwear. Before she went downstairs, she stashed it in a closet full of Christmas decorations. Through the front window, the sky had darkened to a deep blue. Nix had spent longer in the bathroom than she'd realized. Although a few kids still milled about the house, the mansion was no longer the bustle of activity it had been. Even the adults had called it a day. Nix found Jordan and Tiago, now fully clothed, sadly, on a couch the size of a small bus. She watched them for a moment to gauge their general mood. The boys were flipping through channels, but always paused a little longer on Seventh Heaven, especially when Jessica Beale was on screen. Finally, Nix got tired of them pretending they were looking for a basketball game and made an entrance. Oh, hey guys, her voice croaked from disuse. Jordan jumped up from the couch. Nix, we've been looking all over for you. I was upstairs doing something for Sarah. Nix claimed an armchair, careful not to plop. When fat girls plopped, furniture died. Tiago raised his eyebrows. Are you talking about Sarah Hainsworth? Yeah, have you seen her lately? He pointed toward the kitchen. Nix leaned over. Sarah was stacking pizza boxes next to the trash can. She'd changed into shorts and a retro tank top. What would Sarah say when Nix told her about the decontaminated bathroom? Nix couldn't resist making a little show of it. Hey, Sarah, she called in a casual tone. I took care of that problem upstairs. You can use your bathroom again. Sarah stared back with a blank expression. Nix started to sweat under her eyebrows. You know what your dad left? Sarah stood perplexed for another moment. Then something seemed to click. Really? You got rid of the... Apparently she couldn't bring herself to yell dirty underwear across the house. Wow, thanks. You really didn't have to do that. Nix shrugged like it was all in a day's work. Tiago and Jordan wore identical expressions of amazement. Sorry I didn't come find you earlier, Nix said before the boys could ask about Sarah's favor. I figured you guys were having fun in the pool. Oh, yeah, said Tiago with a sheepish grimace. I meant to tell you to bring your swimsuit. Lo siento. That's okay, Nix said. 
scent of pungent flowers assaulted her nostrils and ripped her back out of her comfort zone. Alfie, sweetie, are you coming? Vaughn's head peeked around the front door. Alfie, she repeated. Come on. It took Nix a second to realize who she was talking to. Coming where? Tiago asked with a distinct lack of enthusiasm. This party is lame. A bunch of us are going up the hill to play match and mirror. Up the hill? The only thing farther up is... Exactly. One of my senior friends already found a way in. Vaughn emphasized senior friends, as if to affirm her universal popularity. Nick stayed absolutely still, hoping Fawn didn't notice the round girl in the armchair. I don't know, Fawn, Tiago said. Shut up, you're coming. Tiago glanced in Sarah's direction. I didn't think the party was so bad. Yeah, well, it's over now. Half the guys are already up there. There's one seat left in Adam's car. Fine, but we have to squeeze in Jordan, too. Although Jordan's expression remained impassive, Nix could sense his relief. That did not feel awesome. Whatever, Fawn said, but we're not going to wait all day. Jordan shot Nix a sympathetic grimace. She understood. Jago was asking a lot to bring Jordan. There was no way they'd be able to fit Nix, too. She decided there was only one gracious way out of this. I should probably stay and help Sarah clean up. Nix chanced to look behind her. Fawn wore an expression that made it clear Nix had never really been invited in the first place. Mercifully, the tiny brunette didn't say anything, only rolled her large eyes and closed the door. Alfie, Jordan said with a snicker. My first name is actually Alfonso, Tiago said. I asked her not to call me that, but she likes having exclusive names for people. As soon as other people start calling me Alfie, she'll probably switch to T-Go-Go. Nix laughed, probably a little louder than necessary, but she couldn't help it. Discovering that Tiago wasn't completely infatuated with Fawn made her giddy. She could call me anything she wanted, Jordan said, obviously not sharing Tiago's animosity. How long have you guys been together? She came up to me in the cafeteria last year and told me we were boyfriend-girlfriend. Jordan sat on the arm of the couch. I have to pull a girl's hair to get her to notice me. Nick saw through his flippant comment. He really did envy Tiago's girl magnetism. The thought of Jordan following Tiago into the playing field gnawed at her stomach like an enormous tapeworm. What's this match and mirror business? Nix asked. A horn blared out front. Tiago stood. Probably some game Fawn made up. We'd better go Jordster. Nix really hoped Tiago was making fun of Fawn and didn't actually have a pet name for her best friend. You sure you'll be okay? Jordan asked Nix. Of course, just don't stay all night. Mummy will eviscerate me if I'm not home by 9.30. Jordan said something about people not really needing their intestines. Then Tiago pushed him through the door. Nix found Sarah sweeping Butterfinger BBs into a dustpan. Need a hand? That would be great, Sarah said with a sad smile. Her eyes followed a group of retreating guests. Sarah, you coming? A pair of boys hurried by on their way to the front door. Before Sarah could answer, one elbowed the other in the ribs. Of course not, you idiot. You know where we're going. Oh, yeah, sorry. They shut the door, leaving the house in silence. It was amazing how quickly everyone had cleared out. Apparently no one wanted to be stuck without a ride. Nix glanced at the smashed Twinkie and crackers under the table. People really made a mess in here. Thanks for your help. Nikki, was it? Nix, short for Phoenix. Oh, like the state? Nix tossed a collection of paper cups into the garbage. Well, it's actually a city. Oh, yeah, Sarah said, wetting a dish rag at the sink. In Washington? Arizona. Oh, Nix felt a smile tug at the corner of her lips, and she quickly bent down to pick up a partially chewed mini corn dog. 
She didn't blame Sarah for not knowing her capitals, but the state of Phoenix? Sarah wiped the rag over the marble countertop. Well, it's a pretty name. Way more interesting than Sarah. Nick stood. A wave of guilt washed the smile off her face. Sarah had to be the nicest girl she'd ever met. So what if she was a little rusty on her geography? So, do you have any brothers or sisters? Nix asked. Nope, just me and my dad. My parents split when I was seven. A moment of uncomfortable silence followed. Nix couldn't decide whether to apologize or tell one of her own embarrassing family secrets to make it even. Should she mention that her mom went trash picking every Tuesday? Or that you could smell the cat pee 50 feet from her trailer? Somehow Nix didn't think these personal tidbits would inspire Sarah's trust. To her relief, an older-looking boy charged in through the front door, setting the wiener dog off like a car alarm. Quiet, princess! Sarah quick-stepped to the guy and embraced him. Thank you so much for coming, Chuck. Chuck was tall and wide, and his face looked like a huge freckled egg. I thought you said there'd be a bunch of cute girls in swimsuits. You're a little late, Sarah picked up the Dotson, who was baring its teeth and trying to lunge at the intruder. They've all gone up to the Abendroth place. Chuck's smile faded. I guess it wouldn't be a party if it didn't up there eventually. You can't even drive by there now without the cops getting nosy. Don't ask how I know that. His mouth formed into a considerably less charming version of Jordan's mischievous grin. It came across as more of a satanic grimace. So what do you need me for? Chuck asked. Sarah set Princess down. Well, there was a task in the upstairs bathroom, but Nix took care of it. Oh, sorry, Chuck, this is Nix. Hi, he said without looking at her. Nix nodded. The other thing was the pool heater. My dad said you know how to turn it off. Chuck scoffed in a piece of cake sort of way and followed Sarah out of the room. Nick smashed the empty cream pie box into the overflowing trash bag. She wasn't impressed with this Chuck guy. Why was Sarah hugging up all over him? Nick had been so happy to finally fit in somewhere, but apparently Sarah was equally sweet and genuine with everyone, even the weirdos. Had Sarah simply felt sorry for her? Nick certainly hadn't magically become charismatic. Stupid Chuck. Why did he have to show up and ruin her beautiful delusions? Nick scraped up a slice of pizza from the floor. The mutt alternated between licking the sauce-covered tile and Nix's arm. Sure, now you're into pizza. Go play outside. The princess had clearly not been to obedience school. An engine started outside, and the front door opened. Nix, I don't know what to do, Sarah called from the entryway. Chuck is going to stop by the Abendroth place and said he can drive us. You think we should? If you do, sure. Nix was not used to people asking her opinion. Well, I kinda do and kinda don't. Sarah chewed her cheek and glanced back at the waiting car. What are they going to do there? Spin the bottle or something? What if Nix got paired with Tiago? The thought made her lightheaded. Vaughn would be furious, but there would be nothing the tiny brat could do. Sarah rested her head against the door jamb. I don't know. Maybe we should stay? Nix could tell she'd have to make the decision herself, or they might stand there all night. Even if they didn't play spin the bottle, Nix was itching to find out what match and mirror was. Let's go. Nick strode to the front door and stepped past Sarah, who looked relieved a decision had been made. But instead of following Nix, Sarah ran back into the house and up the stairs. Chuck honked. Nix scowled at the tan car. This guy was starting to irritate her. After another honk, Nix walked to the end of the yard. What? Where did Sarah go? Chuck asked. Nix shrugged. Bathroom? Chuck sighed and lay back against his seat. Nix approached the car. Might as well get it over with. Nix closed her eyes, opened the door, and slid into the back seat. She quickly adjusted the seatbelt for optimum protection. After a few deep breaths, Nix opened her eyes. 
Chuck was staring in the rear view with a puzzled look. I have a maxophobia, fear of riding in cars. Chuck's expression showed something between disbelief and amusement. Congratulations, you're pathetic. Now get back inside and tell that girl she has 30 more seconds. Nix undid her seatbelt and trudged back inside. She found Sarah in her bedroom, staring at a dresser. Chuckles is getting kind of impatient, Nick said. If you don't really want to go, it's not that, Sarah said with a pained expression. Is it having to drive with Chuck? You probably don't have your license yet since you just turned 16 today, but... My dad won't even let me get my learner's permit until I'm 18. He says girls are more dangerous at the wheel than boys. Nix made an appropriate face of indignation. Something was seriously wrong with Sarah's dad. So, what exactly is the reason we're hanging out in your room? I can't decide which perfume to put on. Nix smiled, then realized she wasn't kidding. Sarah turned to Nix with a look of utter bewilderment. What do you think? Wow. Nix immediately stepped toward the dresser and picked up a tiny glass bottle in the shape of a seashell. This one. Now let's go. Oh, I don't ever wear that one, Sarah said. Too many bad memories. Why do you keep it if you don't use it? Nix was starting to feel a little impatient herself. Good question. Sarah looked long and hard at the perfume, as if saying goodbye, and then dropped it into the wicker garbage basket by the desk. No! Nix's arm shot out involuntarily. What? Sarah looked genuinely alarmed. Nix lowered her arms. Sorry, it just seems like a waste. Darn those trailer trash tendencies. Sarah pulled the perfume out of the garbage and handed it to Nix. Here. Oh, I didn't... Nix shut up and took the bottle. She'd never owned anything so pretty. Thanks. She shoved it into her back pocket. Maybe she should bring her mom up the hill on Tuesdays. They'd probably find all kinds of sweet stuff. A long honk echoed outside. Quick, pick one, Sarah said. Nix thrust a slender bottle of amber-colored liquid into Sarah's hands. This time she didn't object. Sarah puffed two sprays in the air, then walked into the expensive cloud. When they got outside, Chuck was gone. Nix was partly relieved. She was about to suggest girl talk and makeovers when Chuck reappeared. With a squeal of tires, he shot down the road in reverse and slammed to a stop in front of them. I thought that might get you out here, Chuck said with a smug expression. Nix had a good many things she'd like to say to that, but refrained in consideration of Sarah's delicate ears. Sarah hopped in, full of apologies, and Nix slid into the back seat. Just a short trip, then she could be with Jordan and Tiago and Sarah. Nix felt something hard under her, the bottle. Nix reached to pull it out, but never made it. At that moment, Chuck slammed on the gas, and the slight discomfort in her butt suddenly became less pressing. When the car finally arrived at the top of the hill, Nix's knuckles ached from gripping the armrest. The twisty, tree-dodging road would have been bad enough without a madman at the wheel. He seemed to think his driver's license was authorization to exceed posted speed limits, fly around tight curves without so much as a tap on the brake pedal, and generally endanger the lives of everyone in the vehicle— or maybe he was just having fun at the amaxophobe's expense. Nick suspected Mr. Hainsworth wouldn't be so sexist after taking a ride with NASCAR boy. Nix was out of the car and on the curb before Chuck had shifted into park. Even Sarah looked a little shaky as she stepped onto the grass and gazed up at the dark mansion. After Nix began breathing again and had wiped her sweaty palms on her jeans, she too turned her eyes upward. The building looming over them was at least as big as Sarah's house, but not nearly as classy. The paint had long since worn off, leaving the weathered gray wood glowing in the starlight. The roof shingles stuck out at odd angles, reminding her of Jordan with the bedhead. There were also spiderwebs all over the front porch and creepy scratch marks all over the wood supports. Nix might have shivered if she weren't still recovering from her near-death experience. 
A very un-August-like breeze whipped Nix's hair into her face. She was glad she had more than a swimsuit on. Kids in trunks and towels were huddled around the mansion, shivering quietly and staring at the dark windows. It didn't look like a whole lot of fun. They'd have been better off watching TV at the Hainsworths. Sarah might have been thinking the same thing, because she glanced back at the car as if she'd made a terrible mistake. Chuck, maybe... But she was drowned out by the sound of Fawn's unmistakably deep voice, calling people to order. Chuck locked the car and headed toward the back of the house. Nice. Sounds like they're just getting started. Nix and Sarah loitered for a moment, equally at a loss for what to do. Obviously, Sarah had heard the unsettling stories about the missing Abendroths and wasn't too eager to explore the crime scene. Still, it would be better than standing in the cold. Let's see what's going on, Nix said. If it's lame, we can come and wait by the car. Sarah nodded and followed Nix around the house. It was even freakier from the back. Large trees blocked the moon, leaving only scattered pools of light. Funky-shaped machinery looked like massive sleeping beasts. One had a giant blade Nix hoped was for splitting wood. The delicious spookiness was slightly undermined by the large crowd of chattering teens. At least the adult chaperones weren't there. So this is your first time up here? Nix asked. Sarah shook her head. Even in the dark, Nix could tell her countenance had changed. Rather than scared, she now seemed depressed, or like she was going to throw up. What was with her? They walked the rest of the way in silence. They joined the mass of bodies, and someone called Sarah over. Nix didn't follow. She had lost all confidence in mass friend-making since she'd committed social suicide in the ballerina bear room. Instead, she made her way around the edge of the crowd, scanning for signs of beautiful Spaniards and skinny blonde boys. Chillax, people. Fawn called from the back porch. The house is free of flying mice, so we're finally ready to play. The crowd grew quiet. Nix noticed Fawn hadn't bothered to change out of her bikini. She looked oddly out of place standing half-naked on the dilapidated porch. We just need one more volunteer, someone who's never played this before. Kids broke into whispers and nudged each other. It looked as if several match-and-mirror veterans stood ready behind Fawn. Alfie, why don't you play? Nix perked up and followed Fawn's line of sight. There he was, a ghost prince glowing in a patch of silvery moonlight. Next to him stood Jordan, half hidden in the shadow of a giant giraffe-looking contraption. Nix pushed her way over to them. Hey, Nix! Jordan's braces twinkled in the silver light. Glad you made it! Tiago was too distracted to notice Nix's arrival. She tried not to let that bother her. Look what I caught! Jordan unwrapped a towel and revealed a dark, writhing shape. He looked bigger when he was flapping inside the house. Vaughn freaked and wanted to go home. Nix had never seen a bat up close. The creature's leathery wings beat futilely against the towel, and it turned its adorable little ugly face to Nix. She might have asked to hold it, had the attention of the entire crowd not been directed at them. How about it, Alfie? Vaughn called again. This close, Nix could tell Tiago had no intention of volunteering. He almost seemed scared. Strange. Boys were usually aching to prove their man level, especially in front of swarms of pretty girls. Do it, Tiago, Jordan said. Tiago shook his head and smiled thinly. What does he have to do? Nix whispered. Jordan shrugged. Can't be that bad. Alfie, don't be a baby, Fawn called. Let someone else do it, Tiago mumbled. A few girls giggled. Fawn turned to the swimsuited masses for backup. Who wants to see my Alfie play match and mirror? The hecklers cheered and a few chanted his name. Tiago went from embarrassed to mortified. It was clear no amount of chanting was going to change his mind, and he was looking more awkward by the moment. Nix knew that feeling. Hundreds of eyes staring at you, waiting for you to make a fool of yourself. 
It was a feeling that ugly people had to get used to. But Tiago was seven levels of hot. He shouldn't have to feel like that. Nix wanted so badly to help him, but what could she possibly- I'll do it! Nix put a hand to her throat, wondering if she'd just made a terrible mistake.